businesses are about addressing a problem. And if you can't find, if there isn't a problem that you're looking to solve, you shouldn't have a business. So understanding who your customer is and making sure you create the right product for that customer and a potentially a different product for a different customer, surround yourself with people who are going to disagree with you. And oftentimes not making a decision is actually a decision. Hello guys, my name is Andre Sambir. I'm the CEO of company LinkUp Studio, software development company here in Ukraine. And today uh, we have another episode of our podcast, Building Digital Products. And today our guest is a serial entrepreneur, uh, David Siegel, CEO at Meetup. Meetup is the community building platform aimed to use technology to get people out of technology, which is very interesting. And among other things, David has led the widely known digital media communities such as Invistopedia and Everyday Health. Uh, most recently, he published a book, Decide and Conquer, uh, where he shared the valuable experience of creating and growing his own digital businesses. And this is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Uh, this is exactly what we're going to ask David uh, tough questions. And, uh, well, I believe, David, you can tell uh, about yourself more than I do. Please go ahead. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. You know, I was fortunate to start off my career in the early, early days of the internet back in 1998, 1999, in a company called DoubleClick, mm -hmm. which at the time was the world's largest um, platform for advertising um, on, on, online, and started in digital products all the way back over 20 years ago. And I've been working in digital, you know, my whole life and helping to build products and build companies. So I'm, I'm very lucky to uh, be part of today's podcast. Okay. Forward. Okay. Thank you. So, so basically, uh, as far as I understood, this is uh, this is the story that you found your place, like right from the beginning, and then you trying to, um, but but you know, uh, like uh, as my experience, I'm kind of started the company when I was very young, and uh, I was like on the CEO position without knowing what to do. The CEO, uh, sure. but how how was your past? Like, I mean, you first was on some kind of the you know, um, like office position and then uh, step up or you just decided to found the company? How, how, how it was in details? Yeah, so I always wanted to learn from other people's mistakes and be part of other companies before I decided to like build new products and build new businesses myself. Mm -hmm. It was more important to me to not try to write out of school, think that I would become, you know, an effective entrepreneur but I thought I would become more successful in building companies after I had worked at companies for mm -hmm. some period of time. So I worked at, uh, I mentioned this company called DoubleClick for a while. I worked in, in consulting. I went back to business school to a, a, consult, a, a, a school called the Warden School, um, which is a well-known school at the University of Pennsylvania in New York, in Philadelphia, excuse me. And then I worked in a number of different kind of leadership positions. Um, I was the president of a company called Seeking Alpha. And then I became CEO of uh, the world's largest financial education business called Investopedia, which um, is a source for financial education. And then I became the CEO of, of Meetup. Mm -hmm. So I really worked through the, the reins in helping to kind of build digital products. And I built um, a lot of different types of digital products, everything from um, a website that has 30 million users every month, like Investopedia, mm -hmm. 
to uh, meet up where we have 59 million members uh, across the world in 190 different countries. Um, and we're the world's largest provider of community for people. Okay, okay, that's very interesting and very exciting to be honest. So, uh, okay, uh, my next question will be in this one. Imagine, just, you know, use your imagination for the second, uh, move backwards in the line before Meetup existed, but only, you know, um, come up as the idea inside of your head. How you would sell it to me? Like, how, how you would explain it to me in few sure. words? And it doesn't exist yet. Because right sure. now so, I know what it is, but, you know. Yeah. How do you do it? It's a great question. It's a great yeah. question. So, so first of all, I wasn't the founder of Meetup. I'm the CEO of Meetup, but Meetup was founded 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I was the first um, person brought in to take over for the founder of Meetup. Mm -hmm. um, and what I would say is the following. Businesses are about addressing a problem. And if you can't find, if there isn't a problem that you're looking to solve, you shouldn't have a business. So the problem that Meetup was looking to solve was loneliness. A lot of people feel lonely. A lot of people don't feel like they have people that they can be around that, you know, 46% of people actually around the globe regularly feel lonely. And the younger you are, the oftentimes the lonelier you feel. So that's the problem we we're looking to address. And the question was, what could we do to help people to feel less lonely? Well, if you help people, if you're interested in bike riding, and you don't know any other people that ride bikes and you're always riding bikes by yourself, that's not a great experience. But if you could somehow be introduced to the, you know, the thousand other people who love bike riding in Lvov or in Guatemala or in New York City that love bike riding, then you're not lonely anymore. You can spend time bike riding with them. You can spend hiking time hiking with them. You can place, spend time playing football with them. You could spend time um, reading books with them. You could do a lot of different things with people. And that's what Meetup is about. Meetup is about curing the loneliness epidemic and helping people to find other people so that they can um, yeah, learn and they can grow. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I heard the answer. And uh, now I have um, very interesting considering the fact that uh, well, uh, we still have like Corona pandemia and all of that kind of stuff. So for me, when I uh, when I prepared for this record, uh, I obviously checked the meetup and uh, and this this definition that I give the beginning. So technology to took people <laughs> off technology, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, helping people to do uh, like you know meet in, in persons. And uh, the thing that you had just emphasized and lonely, yeah, this is the right word. So you wanted to help people don't feel lonely. Okay, but then Corona coming and, and here's the paradox, people becoming more lonely because becoming the more isolated. However, you kind of cannot get offline. Uh, so what you, I, I, I know, I, I'm sure that you had some kind of the decision as the CEO, you made some kind of decision, what do we change in and what our approach in, in these challenges, right? So like, People cannot meet physically. However, we still need to aim our mission, uh, help people to connect. So, so what is your solution? What a good question. So Andre, the biggest reason why at Meetup we didn't allow certain people to become organizers of groups is because they were using technology to keep people on technology. They wanted to have virtual groups. Mm -hmm. And we said, no, you can't use Meetup for that. We're all IRL, which stands for in real life. Mm -hmm. And for 16, for, sorry, for 18 years, then we, we threw away millions of dollars that we didn't accept from people because they only wanted to be online. And then we started seeing all of our events and all of our um, 
everything get canceled in China in February of 2020. And we're like, oh, nothing's going to happen here. And then everything got canceled in Italy. Oh, nothing's going to happen here. Sure enough, everything, got, everything started getting canceled. We're like, oh, my God, Meetup is all about IRL getting back together in person. And we said, wait, what is our mission? Is our mission only about get in person or is our mission about keeping people connected? And our mission is about helping to drive personal growth through real human connections. That was our mission. And we said, is, are, are we about in person or are we about connections? And the answer was, we're about connections. And people need meetup more during the pandemic because of social isolation than they never needed before. So I got all of our engineers together and I said, stop what you're doing. We need to Create, we need a modified meetup to allow, because it didn't allow for before, for online events. We need to create a links for an online event. We need to create, figure out how to make things work in terms of, um, in terms of, of different timeframes. If someone in Berlin and going to an online event in New York City or in Buenos Aires, how does that work uh, in terms of standard times and things like that? And we got everyone together and within one week, we released an MVP product that had a lot of challenges in it. It was definitely imperfect. It wasn't integrated with a lot of other systems like Zoom and others. And since this time, we've gone from zero in our first 18 years to over 3 million online events over the last couple of years. And over 30 million people have participated in online events as well since the pandemic started. And we said, it's because what's most important is connections, not in person. And the number one question we get is, Will online events continue on Meetup? And the answer is yes. So today we're about 78% in person and 22% online. And it varies depending on the country and the place. China, of course, is 100% online for the most part right now. And, um, you know, places in the U.S., um, in certain places like Texas and Florida, where people um, uh, are more laid back about covid it's like almost 100% in person. So it varies depending on the place. In Ukraine, we're joking that COVID go to army. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's important yeah. to be able to laugh about, about, yeah, about things always in life. So, okay, uh, we have here, uh, like population of Ukraine is about 44 million people. I mean, that was the official one. And uh, uh, Meetup right now having like more than 30 million. So you basically got the whole Ukraine, well, not Ukraine, obviously, but, uh, you know, the, the the population of the We're whole country. We're an entire country, country in our Yes, in our yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, the, the entire population of, of, of you know, kind of big country online right now online and also offline but it seems like before you they didn't have like product didn't have so much success so uh show me that magic stick how you do that how do you do that well first of all i would say that meetup has oh has been increasing success through the years mm -hmm. and i don't want to think people to think that you know there's something there's some magic bullet a new CEO comes and you become more successful. Yeah, I know I that's not happening. It's just the question. Right. You know? There's some good things that 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 we've done, but I want to give credit to the founder and the previous CEO, Scott Heiferman, as well, for doing amazing work. Now, in terms of things that I've done since I took over to have to drive more success, here are a couple. So number one is I think sometimes companies can die more from indigestion than starvation. What I mean by that is sometimes you do too many things at the same time, you get indigestion, you do too much stuff, mm -hmm. you get sick and, 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 and startups kind of have challenges from that. So when I came in, I, I saw like 30 different projects happening within the company. 
And we were doing like a B, C level job, not a great job in any of those projects. So I, we, we shut down like half of these different initiatives that were just pet projects or other things that weren't that important that weren't going to really change the company. Um, and we just focused the company a lot more. And just focused on certain very specific things made a very significant difference. So that's number one is a lot of entrepreneurs, when they build products, they're trying to do too many products at the same time, just figure out how to have a little bit greater focus. That was that was one. The second thing that we've done more recently, this has been that, that a good success so far and going to be an even bigger success, is Meetup has two parts. We have these 30, 40, 50, we're up to 50 million people, actually 50 million people on one side that go to events and the, all, these, all these organizers on the other side that organize events. We created a new digital product, a, a meetup app specifically for our organizers. And we said, it's better for our organizers not to have to use the same app as all of our members, just like Uber has a separate app, just like mm -hmm. Airbnb has a separate app. We wanna create an experience that's really dedicated to what their specific needs are so that they could organize events and they could take um, uh, take take attendance and do a whole lot of different features very specifically for them. So understanding who your customer is and making sure you create the right product for that customer and a potentially a different product for a different customer, very, very important. That's something also that we've done a lot to focus on. The last thing I would say is as a business leader, it's important to have a diverse number of revenue streams. You don't want to put all your eggs just in one revenue stream area. Mm -hmm. So we have a subscription business where um, people pay on a group basis. We also have a revenue stream from businesses, which pay to sponsor groups. So Google has like 400 different meetup groups. And AWS, Amazon Web Services, has hundreds of meetup groups. And um, all these different companies have lots of different um, groups that, that are zealous and really care about their brand. Mm -hmm. And, and then we also have some advertising and partnership revenue that we get as well. So we have a number of different revenue streams that, that help us because if then one stream is down, another one could be up. Another one's down, another one's up. So it just gives you more of an opportunity to be able to continue to you know, help to grow the company. Okay, so in case I would resume, I would say that the uh, you know uh, diversification here is the key, and also the focus is the key, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so you already par partly answered that question, uh, but uh, okay, so we in this point where uh, obviously on online to meet up bring you know lots of value, but what what's your strategy like for the you know next year or two years? So I mean, uh, we can we may assume that you know COVID pandemic uh, will. Uh, will slow down, right? Uh, I hope so. Yes, I mean, everyone hopes so, sure. And uh, like, are, are you, is there any plan to encourage people to go offline? I mean, I understood that you're not going to stop one day, you know, using online, that's for sure. But, uh, but like, what, what's, what's the next strategy, you know? Because uh, the job of the CEO is, you know, seeing where you're going to be in like next year, next two years and so on. Uh, because the things we're doing right now, they are obviously important, but it's much more, it's very important, not less than important to know where we're going to be tomorrow. So what was the strategy in case it's not a secret, yeah. obviously? No, it's not a secret, of course. Here, one of the things that we have at Meetup is access to the major trends that are happening around the world, because we see all these different groups and communities starting in those areas. And there's a big opportunity around that I'm going to explain. So, for example, 
we knew that cryptocurrency was going to be an enormous thing because back five, seven, 10 years ago, we started seeing hundreds and then thousands of different meetup groups starting around blockchain and cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And all these zealous users ended up you know, starting to use it then. And now it's gotten much bigger now. There's a sport in the United States called pickleball, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure most of your listeners have not heard of it. But I believe that Samson with pickle and balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not even a pickle, but it's it's like a it's hard to explain. But there's hundreds of these wiffle, uh, excuse me, these pickleball groups that have started in the United States, and I have no doubt that it's going to just ex- have this huge acceleration in the future. And so now NFTs, we started seeing that grow. And no, so what does that mean for a strategy for me? What it means is we can, as a company, identify what the big trends are that is going to be out there in the future. And what we're doing now is we could reach out to people and say, hey, in Kiev or in Lvov or in another another city in Budapest, there isn't a NFT cryptocurrency or whatever it is, big trend happening in your area. There's a big demand for that particular group. If you start a group, then there's going to be dozens, if not hundreds of people that are going to be really interested in that. So we could drive accelerated growth by leveraging the data science that we have and the machine learning information that we have in order to kind of identify where the trends are and then start group in many, many of the different areas where there happens to be trends. So that's a really a significant growth potentially for us as well. Okay. Uh, just curious. So you have this data like inside of your company and that's like yeah. helping you to make the decision, but that, yeah. da- that, that data is only like yours. I mean, that, that's... Oh yes, we're not, sell- we're not selling it. We don't oh, the question was not about the selling. I, the question yeah. were more, is it somewhere public? But okay, I got it. Nope, no, not public. <laughs> it's not, not public. Not okay, public. that's awesome. I mean... The, and the reason why is because we want to be the good company. We don't mm-hmm. want to be like Facebook that sells people's data and that has privacy issues, etc. Mm-hmm. We want to be the company that that people feel like they can use and don't have to worry about the type of affiliation that they have for whatever reason. If someone's struggling with gender identity, we don't want other people to have to know about that. There are certain unique situations. If someone, God forbid, has cancer mm-hmm. and they're joining a cancer support group, then we don't want anyone to ever find out about that kind of information. It's private. Mm-hmm. So it's very important for us to keep that information private. Yeah, okay. That that by the way, and uh, as far as I understand, it's very uh, narrow with your mission. You know, it's very in line with your mission. Exactly. So like, you know, exactly. my, helping people not feel lonely. Okay. Um good. So let's uh, let's go kind of, you know, more helicopter view and uh, sure. you know, lots of young entrepreneurs, uh, I consider myself young entrepreneurs, c- 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 you know, uh how to tell it comparing to your experience, you know, that I I'm listening to you and I, I for the second I forgot what I'm supposed to ask next. <laughs> okay, good. So, uh how about the next one? Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. No, please go. So the thing is, um, like you were uh, the the main decision made, the key decision maker in numbers of companies, right? Like at least uh, at least five due to your LinkedIn, right? And uh, and right now on the meetup, what kind of you know three advices you would give to someone who just came up to the decision maker position? So uh, nice. you know the 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 path is always uh, kind of similar in a way. Uh, because uh, people are go- growing through the positions and sometimes they are respectful enough, they are experienced enough on the position one, but uh, oh, to, sorry, to make the uh, decision maker position, right? And, uh, but they are, you know, on the edge, they 
they need to do first steps, what you would recommend them to do? Like what would okay, you three, three main advice? Here we three. go. Yeah, yeah. Number please. one, surround yourself with people who are going to disagree with you. The reason why that's so important is because when you have disagreement, you end up with better decisions. If you're in some kind of autocracy and you're just telling people, do this, do this, do this, do this, and everyone's afraid of you, a lot of times, I don't know what the right decision is, but, but through conversation, through data, we figure out what the right decision is. So I need to have people around me that are smarter than me, who disagree with what I say, and then ultimately, I'm the person that makes the final decision. They could disagree, and then I disagree with them, and disagree, disagree, and then I can say, okay, we're going to do it my way or the other way. But make sure you don't just surround yourself by yes people because you end up not end up making the right decision. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, speed of decision-making is so important. There was an American president named um, Teddy Roosevelt, and he said the following, the best decisions are great decisions. The next best decisions are bad decisions. The worst decision is no decision. And oftentimes not making a decision is actually a decision because now you, people don't realize it. They're like, I'm going to push it off. I'm going to push it off, push it off. Well, you're making a decision by pushing it off and you may lose out on a lot of opportunities because you push it off. So be speedy when making a decision is extremely important in decision-making. The third last thing I'll share around is I could share more, but the third last thing I would say is have a philosophy that when you make a decision, you're never going to surprise people. Because the worst thing that happens, I've been surprised numerous times in my career, and it's been horrible when you're surprised. My job as a leader is not to surprise my board of directors, is not to surprise my, uh, my leadership team, it's not to surprise my employees, it's not to surprise my customers, it's not to surprise anyone. If you have a no surprise philosophy around decisions, it's good. And if you do make a surprise and you surprise someone in a bad way, you should ask yourself, what could I have done differently in the actions that lead up to this decision that would not have made this decision a surprise? Those would be my three big ones. Go fast, get people that disagree, and eliminate surprises around you. Awesome. I mean, that, that's really valuable, you know, because um, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, trying to take this one and 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 I already know what to do with some some kind of the stuff I'm having like right now on my plate you know on my daily job so thank you I mean that that was at least valuable at least for me you know as the Good. minimum <laughs> as the I'll minimum. take it that, that you know <laughs> my day is a complete day if I say one thing valuable I now could sleep the go to sleep and take a nap the rest of my day and I'm good. okay that's yeah that that's the, that's the great I hope, but yeah <laughs> okay so um <clears throat> So uh, the, the last one, you know, big question for today is will be about your book. And by the way, you are free to advertise. So decide and decide and conquer. I have lots of questions here. I mean, honestly, about the book. So uh, first of all, tell, tell us about the book itself. What is all about? I mean, what, it, what, what do you want it to show to the people by that? Okay. So I don't know how many of your listeners know about WeWork. Mm -hmm. but WeWork is a very, very famous company in the United States and around the world. There's uh, TV shows are all about it. And it's a company that at one point was worth $47 billion and is now worth like $4 billion. And it's kind of an enormous crash and, and, and failure. WeWork used to own Meetup. Mm -hmm. And there were major cultural clashes between us, us and, and there were major challenges that we faced. 
And the book is all about these crazy stories that happened as a CEO of Meetup, that happened to my career in helping to build products and build digital products as well. And then also about how Meetup handled the pandemic when we're all about being in person and we couldn't you know, get, and, and now we couldn't ever be in person again. So the book basically goes through 44 different stages of a leader's life cycle and what decisions you need to make during those different periods of time to drive success. So if you're an aspiring entrepreneur or aspiring leader or in a position to make a decision, then Decide and Conquer uh, will help you in that journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I have the first time in my life interview with someone who re- uh, written the book. So tell me about the process itself. I mean, ah, how, how does sure. it come to the point? I mean, like, yeah. you're si- like you're sitting in the couch and you're like, how about <laughs> to write a book? Or, you know, speaking to your relatives to whatever. Like, I, for, in my case, I would speak to my wife and say, like, Natalia, how about I write the book? How did that happen? Or someone came yeah. to you and telling like, look, David, you are so experienced guy. How about you share it with everyone? And, yeah. and how have you come to the point that you share it with the book, not with the, I don't know, social media posts, whatever. Yeah. How yeah. that okay, happened? Okay, good. So from a very early age, in my 20s, I wanted to be two things. I wanted to be a college professor at some point in time. And I'm actually, a, in addition to being the CEO of Meetup, I'm also a professor at Columbia University. And I always wanted to write a book around leadership. So I, in my 20s, 30s, and early 40s, I would publish articles related to leadership. And I published in Harvard Business Review and Sloan Management Review and Business Insider and all these different places I would publish articles. And I got like a lot of nice positive feedback on the articles that I wrote. And in the back of my head, I always wanted to write a book. My problem was I didn't want to write a standard, boring business book, but I needed to have this crazy story and a roller coaster adventure, shall we say, because I hated reading boring business books. I really wanted just like, this is shocking, you know, real events that happen, but I never had shocking real events happen to me. Because enough. you have practice of no surprises. <laughs> you had a practice of no surprises. So that's the problem. <laughs> exactly. When you want to surprise everyone, like Elon Musk, you know, likes to do, then mm. you get lots of surprises, right? Yeah. But I don't want to be the Elon Musk guy. Good call. I like that, Andre. So finally, this such crazy experiences happened in about a year and a half of time that I just had to like put it, just start typing, typing, typing. And I just, because the pandemic started, I saved three hours a day of having to commute into the office and back mm-hmm. and I had three extra hours every day. And I work out for like an extra hour. So I still had two extra hours every day. <laughs> and I just would wake up at six o'clock in the morning or sometimes even earlier and just start writing all the things that happened to me. And then before I know it, a month later, I had written 75,000 words. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I'll lark, I shared it with a friend of mine. A friend of mine said, this is really good. I'm going to share it with the publisher because he had written a book. The publisher then saw it and it had spelling mistakes and grammar mistakes, but it was just like a, a, you know, a review of all this crazy stuff and all the lessons from it. And he said, this is really good. We got to clean it up. This is really good. And, um, And that's what happened. So I just, I had the free time. I had the content from the stories and I had the passion for wanting to write a book for the last 20 or 30 years. It was like on the bucket list of life. Maybe on your bucket list, Andre, is being a podcaster, right? <laughs> on my bucket list was, was, was writing a book at some time because there's something special about knowing that my great, great, great grandchildren, if they wanted to, 
not that they'll see a physical book because there won't be physical books probably by then, <laughs> but my great, great, great grandchildren can what look at the, a Kindle version of a book or an audio book or, or read, you know, a torn up copy of, uh, of their great, great grandfather's book. And so there's something I think really special for me about that. Yeah, that's, that sounds wonderful. And by the way, it's also proven to me because uh, it's also proven to me that this book is real. I, I be honest, I haven't read it yet. I uh, didn't have a chance, but I will. Now I will for sure. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so you know, and, I, and I think to myself, boy, I would have loved to have read my great grandmother's book or my great grandfather's. My great grandfather uh, was born in the Ukraine mm. and, and came to the United States when he was 12 years old uh, by himself. And I would have loved to have read that book of his story and his life. And, you know, maybe my great grandchildren would be able to do the same. That's, you know, that's, first of all, that that's the great idea behind that. And that's, uh, that's the great mission of this book, I believe, because it, it's not like neither you, uh, it's not you only helping people uh, that live today, those young entrepreneurs, CEOs and decision maker, but also, you know, you have your, like, I feel like you have your personal mission that will prolong through the, through the years, through hundreds of years. And that, that's amazing. Thank you. Exactly, Andre. Good. Uh, And last one, I have the very, very short blitz blitz question, which you need to which you need to answer. uh, You know, not not thinking. Okay. Yes. So, whiskey or bourbon? Oh, oh, whiskey, (laughs) perfect. Uh, Scotch. Scotch. Okay. Cars or bike? Scotch is whiskey. There we go. (laughs) Okay. Cars or bike? Bike. Paper book or digital? Paper. Cat or dogs? Dog. Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader? Definitely Luke Skywalker. Okay, work from home or from office? Ooh, hybrid. I like working some days office, some days home, but if I had to choose only one or the other, I actually like home more than office. Good, good. Nice, we're done. (laughs) Woo! Okay, guys, uh, thank you for your time today, and thank you for listening. I hope you had a great lesson from David. Please uh, definitely, definitely buy his book, uh, you know, Decide and Conquer. Uh, you know, you just heard the story, how it was built, made up, written, and you just heard the story of this amazing guy and his experience, and this experience is worth to share, and this experience is worth to use. Uh, David, thank you again for being with us today. Uh, for Thank you for sharing all of this and finding the time. And guys, till the next time, thank you all. Bye. 